Today on Lyft, we're going to be asking the question, how do we live into a new rhythm of the school year? The forms, the schedules, the lunches, they make us all want to wave the white flag. Today, we brought in Kathy King. She is a retired educator and a respected leader in the community. Kathy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Well, I'm the proud wife of Jeff King and the mama of Kate and Allison, a graduate of Baylor University, and I have just had the, the pleasure of leading and being a part of education for close to 40 years and have just finished my first year of retirement. So, Where did you re- retire from? Plano Independent School District, uh, Principal Shepton High School, and Plano West Senior High School. Wow. Those are big jobs. <laughs> they are amazing <laughs> jobs. <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons that we brought you in today because you have a perspective of teacher, parent, principal yes, ma'am. when mm-hmm. it comes to back to school. So thanks so much for coming in. Well, thank you, Kim, for this wonderful opportunity to share information and just proven successful strategies that I hope will help families as they settle into this new school year. You know, the beginning of school is exciting time. Uh, new beginnings, new challenges, new opportunities. I just just got chills on my body. Um, <laughs> my husband, Jeff, and I uh, were both educators um, and had the joy of going to campus uh, every morning for over 40 years. Um, you know, um, his parents were teachers as well, and my mama attendance clerk, and my sister a teacher. So everybody in our house would get up in the morning and go to school. And quite frankly, the girls, when they were little, they thought everybody did that. <laughs> so we had to go around the community and let them see that other parents do get up in the morning and, and go to their workplace, whether that be in a hospital or at the bank or in the store. But I love school for so many reasons. Um, one is that you just get to have a fresh start twice. You know, uh-huh. you get to execute that game plan in August, and then you do again in January uh, with the rest of the world. Uh, it's been a wonderful feeling to know that children are now either back in school or getting ready to be back in school, where they're just surrounded by caring teachers and, and a staff, you know, of a ratio of about maybe 1 to 22 in the upper levels. Of course, that's a little bit larger, but it's really comfortable feeling knowing that our children are in this atmosphere where they are connected to other people. Uh, they're not in isolation, and they're just in what I believe the best place uh, to be. Your excitement is palpable. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so as the school year starts, and um, like yesterday, my son had to email his counselor because his schedule was wrong, and we get new schedules, we get paperwork. It can be a little overwhelming from the parent point of, of view. Um what do you recommend as for a family? How do we get started on a good note? Absolutely. Well, first, it's important to understand that the school personnel, um, everybody from the bus drivers to the people taking care of the buildings to the teachers and staff to counselors, they really have a very keen focus on having a smooth transition. So a lot of thought and a lot of work has gone into making certain that your child, your student is successful in that transition uh, back to school. Um, the planning for opening in August actually started back in November. Right. Okay. And so at your role as a parent is to show your your child and your student all the resources that are there and then to model that as a parent and be connected with the school. Um, those are the common things that you will hear. And you, 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 already, you already knew that. Right. Um, yeah. Um, Kim, but there's something that I thought about um, sharing in the conversation today that might not be an approach that um, folks have thought about. 
So I would love to hear about it. <laughs> All right. Well, the first is I think as a family, when you approach uh, this change uh, or transition or whatever it is, uh, name it. You know, call mm-hmm. it something in your family, so that everybody understands. Oh, okay, we're in it. It right. might be calling it. Okay, we're in a new transition. We're in a new routine. We're in a new rhythm, but go ahead and call it what it is. Um, Transition can be starting to school for the first time, or it might be transitioning from pre-K to kindergarten, or kindergarten, middle school, middle school to high school, so you get it, or or even right now, our our, our college kids. Well, even I've noticed this year is easier for our family, but we're in eighth grade and a sophomore. Right. So we know the schools. We've got the rhythm. You know, where last year was freshman year, and that was, you know, a new school, new rhythm. I don't know who was more nervous mommy or Cody I anticipate that mama was yeah Um, that's kind of how it is our our children are more um, resilient you know than than what we know but it's just natural to be um, mama and papa bear and uh, to have the extra lens but I think that for for some of us when we're in transition you know it can really feel like a tornado the world's spinning and there's destruction things are chaotic and then for others of us it really feels like we're just almost walking through a fog that Mm -hmm. you know you're moving forward but not not really sure what's ahead so um, my experiences have uh, taught me um, to just kind of call out some things that would be helpful to families I know when yeah when when they're in the transition and these aren't thoughts or ideas Kim these are things that I've seen proven out over a long period of time exactly (laughs) why you're with us today (laughs) all right well the first when you're in transition is be kind be kind to each other you know it's a stressful time and so just make a point to say hey we're in the middle of change we're settling to new rhythm so just being kind to each other um Get rid of all the unnecessary distractions, um, any commitments, activities, social time, anything that you can just say no to until your family feels like they have settled into the new routine, uh, because then that'll become your new normal. You know, I remember this now with young kids. My friend gave me advice that that first week of school, Friday night, watch a movie and get pizza at home. Absolutely. Be together. Because mm-hmm. you're exhausted. You mm-hmm. don't want to do anything. And I always thought, no, we're going to go celebrate. And <laughs> it always turned into turmoil and tears. And I thought, yep, pizza yeah. and a movie at home would have been a much better choice. That was oh, what, what a great recommendation. And, you know, too, as a family, besides just really spending family time together, and slowing down mm-hmm. to recognize that this is the response to being in change is increase your communication, you yeah. know, with each other. A lot of things are going on, so you can't just maybe naturally have that conversation. Um, schedule family meetings. You know, yes. we call them powwows at our house, and we found it to be so helpful during transition that we went ahead and started having family meetings, not really formal meetings, you right. know, like at, at school or here at church, but just informal, but planned meetings where we sit down and everyone would bring their calendars um, yeah. at that time, you know, backpacks, computers, look at schedules, and just see where everyone in the family was coming and going. And that really gave us a chance to really kind of reset mm-hmm. our schedules and our routines. And you know, with the smartphones today, mm-hmm. we have a family yes. calendar. Absolutely. 
And as the boys have gotten older, it's their responsibility. If they want to do something, of course, they need to ask, right? right. If it magically appears on the family calendar, it doesn't <laughs> right. mean that they get to do it. <laughs> right. That would but be fun. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but even like football games and um, practices and band rehearsals and all the different things that happen right now, yes. it's their responsibility to put mm-hmm. that on the calendar. Mm-hmm. And it's helped us navigate mm-hmm. all the different, you know, Dan and I are both working parents and mm-hmm. the boys are in lots of activities and We've got to come together right? and, you know, have one unified front, you mm-hmm. know, and right now our family meetings are every night. Okay, let's look at tomorrow. Of course. Because yeah. it's a new rhythm right now uh-huh. and we're not used to it. You know, yeah. who's going where? Who can take who? Can you get a ride? You know, so I think that is yes. vital to yeah. connect in that way. Well, and, you know, too, because you've you've told the boys, you know, you do this and this is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Then later on, when they're out by them, themselves in the world without you, you know, yes. and your husband, they'll transfer that forward and do it themselves because oh, it's important so. to just teach those skills so that they'll carry it, you know, forward. But a bell ringer for our family mm-hmm. was when we were trying to force mm-hmm. the same routine, even though... Our new routine had changed, like going from elementary to middle school, from middle school to high school. When the girls settled into middle school, high school, I was still trying to kind of force that routine that worked for us when they were elementary, middle school. Well, guess what? It didn't work. So I looked up one night and said, whoa, okay. What's going on? So bell ringer for families is to every time you switch maybe different schools or levels or Mm -hmm. really any transition is reevaluate your routines and what you're doing and see if it's still working or not. Yeah, that's key. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So as we're getting ready for school, I know there's a lot of things that we can do as a family to prep our kids for success and ourselves for success. How can we, and especially as a former educator, how can we um, partner with the school to make sure it's a very successful year altogether? Mm, Thank you for that question. Um, Just foundationally, it's important to understand that schools are filled just stock full, filled with dedicated teachers, staff, and support systems, and everyone is focused on the same thing. And that's the success of the students and their overall well-being. And I have seen over the years uh, really just some qualities or attributes of, you know, what are successful students and, and what does that look like? So I just can't help but go ahead and um, Share those things out um, because, again, you know, they're proven over a long period of time. We see that successful students own their education. They own their learning. They take responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. They participate in study groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, they utilize some type of system for organization, whether it be their smartphones, computers. Um, some students still use old, you know, agenda books and sticky oh, yeah. notes and color-coded, oh, yeah. you know, things. But whatever system works uh, for you as an individual, just make certain that you stop and you're using some type of certain system of organization. Um, successful students contribute their talents to benefit others and to benefit their schools. Uh, they participate in activities and they're involved. They find something uh-huh. to be um, inspired about and to have a lot of fun with. Um, successful students serve others and they do good deeds. Um, parents can partner with the school by by being connected themselves, but also being um, supportive. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I want to hear I, it. I think it's important that parents not criticize uh, 
teacher, staff, or coaches, you know, in, in front of in front of their children. Uh, those are times to listen mm-hmm. and to, um, if need be, have a conversation. Right. But you know, um, I just I think it's important that we we support. You know, obviously, unless there's something there that's right. You know, unlawful. there's times there's there times, times where you do need to be a strong advocate for your children. But I think. You know, being in a room with you is reminding me, you know, mm-hmm. I grew up with educators. Yes. I'm the black sheet of, of the family <laughs> who went into a pastor role. Um, but the every single one, my mom, my sister, my grandfather, when they woke up, they woke up excited yeah. to inspire mm-hmm. and to um, connect and build relationships with students. Yes, ma'am. They didn't wake up thinking, oh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get this one. <laughs> right. And that's what I always tried to tell like my boys. If mm-hmm. if they ever came home, you know, Miss So and so doesn't like me. Uh, let's let's really think about that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Let's think about your behavior. Let's think about how you're interacting with others. Cause I guarantee you she didn't wake up this morning thinking, <laughs> I'm gonna get him. Right. This is the day. And um I think that is recognizing the positive place that yes, a school ma'am. can be. Yes. Um, and leaning into that as a family. Yeah. I totally agree with that. What a wonderful tool. Um, you know, my my girls have shared with us that they recognize now, you know, looking back, that um there was really something that we did. And that was just that if they were to come home and have a fuss or something like that, I would just point blank ask them, okay, are you going to do something mm-hmm. about this problem, mm-hmm. which, you know, you've created, okay? Or are you just wanting to kind of whine and vent and just, you know, I just don't get involved in the drama. The question is, wow. you know, um, what are you going to do about it? And sometimes I would just say, oh, okay, so you really just want to fuss. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, fine. Well, I'm just going to keep cooking this dinner and you just keep fussing away. You know, I would yeah. listen. Yeah. But I certainly try not to be a part of that and then add anything to it, teaching them that, okay, it's okay to let out some feelings and emotions, but and it's okay for do them. something about it. Right. To right. be their own advocates. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you said <laughs> to be their own advocate because, you know, um, Gosh, it is so important to encourage them to be their own advocate for themselves, you know, and to teach how to schedule face-to-face conferences with teachers, with coaches, with directors, uh, with counselors, and be able to go in, look someone in the eye and say, hmm, I need help. Right. Will you help me? And I have concerns about some things and just working it out that way. Well, if we think about it through the phase of a child's life, right? Yes, At the age of three, mm-hmm. helping them get dressed, you've got to build in 20 more minutes. Yes. So that they can do it themselves. Yeah. It's yeah. easier to dress them. Yes. It's faster but and quicker. But when they're six, you're <laughs> very thankful that they can put on their own socks and oh, shoes. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't get any easier building that time in is what mm-hmm. I'm noticing mm-hmm. as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, this past week, my son needed to email a counselor about a class that he thought was incorrect in his schedule and just clarifying. And he comes, he goes, can you help me find, you know, my counselor, you know, their A to Z, right? Which one's mine? I can't remember. And I said, you know, I think you could do it. Go sit down at the computer. Mm, And he sits down at the computer (laughs) and he he keeps clicking on staff. 
And the little button right next to staff says, <laughs> counselors. <laughs> and I just kept going, I have faith in you. You can do this. And I just wanted to be like, it's right there. <laughs> just click on it. But he, you know, mm-hmm. instead of it taking one minute, mm-hmm. it took five. Right. But next time it'll take one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I think that for me personally, it was a good reminder that it's always important to um, – Take that time to let them be their own advocates. Absolutely. And build Absolutely. And remembering too, after graduation as mm-hmm. a parent, you're mm-hmm. cut off. Yeah. So let's go ahead and let them uh, kind of something I would say is, you know, model it. Yes. Let them try it and then let them fly. Yeah. Try and fly. I mean, I it is kind of the way to go because we are, our role is to really just nurture um, resourceful mm-hmm. kids who can go out into the world and take care of what they need to take care of, but also being able to recognize that, hey, we all need help and know about how to do that. But, you know, um, one-on-one, face-to-face communication, the student first, right. sitting down right. with their the personnel at school. And then, you know, if you need to sit in another time, come in and sit down and join them at that table and bring other people to join to right. help out, to try to figure out what can we do to get things going in the right direction, but certainly not hiding behind 12-inch emails. No. <laughs> get to campus. So if true. you have something to write, then just don't write. Cody's coach said that. Get, 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 nothing, get. nothing good comes out of a long, long email emails. at midnight. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Speaking about midnight. Okay. How – I know bedtime routines are important. And I just want to name the fact that they probably remain important. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, okay. let's start at the age of six and go to eighteen. <laughs> what does that What does that look like in the rhythm of a new school life? Okay. Well, as a family, we found that predictable, regular bedtime routines and predictable, regular bedtimes. We found that to be very important. So it kind of falls into two things. And I've seen that now that the girls are, you know, 26, 29 years Mm -hmm. old. I've seen them develop their routines, you know, know, too. But for us, it was about the routine when they were little. Right. Okay. And that routine was bath time, books and reading, prayers and lights out. And then really transferred to middle school, high school, college, and now is really more about, you know, showers and study time, right? prayers and lights out. And so those routines um, being done at night and getting everything ready the night before and getting organized instead of waiting up until the morning and running around, just getting everything uh, ready the night before. And that too will transfer over into being a successful adult in that. I still lay my clothes out the night before. (laughs) There you go. There you go. And practicing, you know, your work and your your lesson plans and your the things that you're doing, you're really kind of going through those on the front end to make sure that you have everything that you need and that takes time. Right. Um, While the routines didn't change much over the year, um, the predictable set bedtimes did because middle school, high school Uh activities, Uh college schedules, oh my goodness, you know, workplace schedules. um, So the amount of the time at night that they would actually finally lay down and lights out and did change, but 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 not the routines. And really, just the bottom line is, we need to stop working and playing to properly rest. Um, that's just that's the way God made us. Um, you know, when we're not when we're not rested, we're we're rude and we're cross. And when we are rested, we're happy people. And you know, we don't want to make other people unhappy. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, I personally love bedtimes, even for myself. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's yeah. done. 
So, okay, I'm looking into our, let's just talk about my future, right? So Mm -hmm. here we loom into August and September. I have kids in band and football, and I look at our family calendar, and it is jam-packed. Now, with good stuff, Mm -hmm. but how do we connect as a family in this Mm -hmm. busyness? Mm -hmm. And how do we, I mean, I remember elementary school, I had two kids and we tried to not overschedule our kids, but still like they were both on a soccer team and they practices were different nights during the Mm -hmm. week. And you kind of just feel like you're running around. How do you breathe, connect Mm -hmm. as a family in this midst of, I don't know, crazy? (laughs) (laughs) Busyness. Busyness. We'll use that word. Um, Make family time our priority. You know, we schedule everything else in our lives and schedule family time, be intentional about it. Um, I shared earlier the benefits of family meetings, but it's also important to share uh, meals together as a family. Our goal was to have sit-down family meals, you know, four times a week. Wow. Um, when the girls were little, that was pretty much, you know, Monday through Thursday and then weekend, woohoo! But when they were <laughs> older, you know, um, middle school and high school, we switched those nights around because mm-hmm. they had activities. So it often would be, you know, either Friday or Saturday night was a family meal, mm-hmm. Sunday, and then two nights during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, those times were really important to us. We started every family meal with a prayer where yeah. we prayed out loud. Um, and that really gave us really insight into um, each other in the family and where we were and mm-hmm. how we could support each other. During the weeks, um, we often took a family walks after dinner. And um, I think one thing I would recommend when you're in this family setting, especially during all the busyness and back to school, you know, we can get into the routine of saying, how was school today? Right. Right. And so, you know, maybe ask the question, you know, what's the best thing Mm -hmm. that happened today? You know, what I've noticed with our boys is if I ask, who'd you eat lunch with today? Mm -hmm. It gives me a lot more insight into their day Mm -hmm. and what they talked about at lunch and, you know, who wasn't at the table and who did you invite to the table and, you know, all that kind of, or who moved away to a new group at the table, you know, (laughs) but who did you eat lunch with today? It gives me a more direct insight into, because if I ask them, how was your day? I get the, (laughs) I I, I call it like boy grunt language, you know, like a long grunt is a good day, a short grunt is a bad day. And that doesn't help us connect as a family. No, you learn how to interpret that. And too, with teenagers is, you know, being intentional with that family time, but also too, with teenagers just being ready for that just spontaneous Mm -hmm. conversation that usually takes place really late at night in the kitchen. But, you know, just don't don't miss exactly don't miss that opportunity, no matter how worn out we are from the day and from our work, just not missing the opportunity to be engaged in conversations and in listening. Yeah. Listening to our children. Um, my husband, Jeff, is such a oh, he's such a great listener. You know, I always have something to say. So I have to really work <laughs> on trying to keep my mouth shut and keep right. my ears open. But um, just being um, quiet and, and listening to their children because they do they do want to be they do want to speak and they do want to be heard they just sometimes go about it with different different ways and different approaches. you know I love the idea of the walks too because mm-hmm. I always tell parents that mm-hmm. um 
late night car rides back from something or we have a sonic close to our house so i'll mm-hmm. say you want to go get an ice cream cone yeah. and that side by side yeah. not face to face if there's something heavy on the heart mm-hmm. that walk at dusk to sonic is so much easier mm-hmm. to talk they don't feel trapped mm-hmm. they're you know it's just yeah it's a it's a natural way to talk about sometimes mm-hmm. the hard stuff that's going on. Yeah, yeah. To really, and sometimes the great stuff that's yeah, going you bet, on. You bet. And to release just, you know, some of the stress. But And finally, too, well, not finally, because there's always so many <laughs> strategies. And these are just the strategies and the things that our family did. Mm-hmm. Other families have plenty of things to share as well, too. But we did reserve our family vacations for our immediate family. Um, we are campers, tent campers in the mountains mm. and uh, in the beach during uh, the springtime. And, um, you know, there's just allows a lot of special family time to be together for that week or 10 days or so uh, together as a family. And especially for us when we're out and about in nature without cell phones, without right. being plugged in and just right. being being together. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Mm. So, you know, I am a pastor, so I need to ask the question. How do we find God in the midst of the busy schedules? Well, you know what? You just open your eyes and your hearts and you'll find God's with you uh, all the time. Despite the busy schedules, you know, I think it's important that we just keep in mind, in my opinion, the two greatest commandments is to love God with all your heart, all your soul and with all your mind and to to love your neighbors, to, to love all your neighbors. Um, this is how... For me personally, I keep God with me all the time, and I did while I was a crazy busy uh, Mm -hmm. educator is I knew that I was riding on the shoulders of the strength of our Lord and that just understanding how to um, look and seek and and open up is by our actions and what we do and how we do it and how we treat people that we are keeping God close to our hearts. So it's not a scheduling uh, thing it it is important to have prayer time and scripture time and to worship and go to church and to build all those things in right put those on the calendars first right and try to work everything else around it which is which is hard to do but those things are important but um, finding time for God and finding ways to see God is He's just with us there there all the time with you open up your heart and your eyes. One thing I remember when my kids were in elementary school, we started that we had Bible study. We read a book together every morning. Um, uh, Now I can't remember what it was called. I think it was Calling Jesus or Jesus Calling. That's what it was. And they had an adult version and a Mm -hmm. children's version. So we put it on the breakfast table and we'd read it together. And then one day we were running late and I was like, grab it. We'll just read it in the car. Mm And at that time, I was in a carpool with somebody, so we had like six kids in the car, right? And it became one of the most beautiful things. Mm -hmm. We just left that book in the car. Mm -hmm. And in the drop-off line, we'd read the Bible devotion on the way to school, and it didn't feel rushed. It Mm -hmm. didn't feel Mm – it was one of those moments that Mm -hmm. was not planned, right? but – turned into a routine that lasted all throughout mm-hmm. elementary years mm-hmm. of just reading that on the way to school. And it's just little things. The other thing I've started trying to do for myself, so I'm going to try to do this with my kids, again, not asking how was your day, mm-hmm. but where did you see God today? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, 
and Kim, for, for your family and ours as well, um, our faith is a part of our mm-hmm. family's core values. And, right. you know, we've had, you and I had a little brief conversation before just about, I wonder, you know, how many families really sit down and take time as a family to discover and to, to talk about openly, well, what are our family's core values. Right. You know, I bet everyone sat down and made a lot of plans this year for that summer vacation, you know, right. down to the details. And in the workplace, you know, you're working through the very technical details of mission statements and making certain <laughs> that everything is wrapped around what we believe in. Well, have you had the conversation at your house about what do what do you believe in? Obviously, y'all have. Right. You know, do you, do you have a family mantra? <laughs> well, okay, do you want to hear ours? <laughs> I it's, did. It's, it's right. a bit... But it fits Mm -hmm. the Myers family. So anytime the boys get out of the car, I say two things. Don't be stupid. (laughs) And remember whose you are. Yes. Yeah. And that second statement is that you're a child of God, Mm -hmm. that you're gifted to me, Mm -hmm. but you are a child of God. Yes, ma'am. So we feel like that covers all the spectrums of behaviors that can happen outside of us is don't be stupid. <laughs> if go. you feel like this is a bad decision, don't do it. Yeah. And remember yeah. you're a child of God. Remember Absolutely. whose you are. Absolutely. And um, it works for us. It's simple, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. um, text messages, anything. Can I go to so-and-so's house? I'm like, yep, two things. And they'll just and text they know it what back. it's going to yep. be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they know but what it is it's, before you say it. You know, it's changed as mm-hmm. our kids, right? Of course, I wow. didn't use that when my I wouldn't have told my mm-hmm. five-year-old to not be stupid. That wouldn't have been appropriate. Mm-hmm. But my middle school and high schooler, it works. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's just a reminder to think before you act mm-hmm. and remember that you're a beloved child of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it could be, you know, just stated something for all time. Just right. faith family service. Right. You know, right. just understanding the responsibility of us to serve others. Yeah. And to just, again, just to kind of restate how important it is that we know what our core values are, that we've talked about those. Mm -hmm. Because, well, really, this goes back to the opening of this conversation is about when you're in the midst of change and new routines and rhythms, you need to know foundationally what you're grounded into because those are the things you're going to go back to. Okay. Who am I? Right. What does my family stand for? What Mm -hmm. does it mean? What are my beliefs? What are my core values? And then really wrapping everything that we do every day, all the time around those things by having faith and doing everything that we do to bring honor and glory to God. So you said something to me, well, to a group of us last week in a meeting. We were meeting um, to talk about how the church can respond after um, the shootings that have occurred. Yes, ma'am. And I had a a piece of me that had some anxiety um, for dropping my kids off at school. Yes. And you gave me some peace in that. Okay. Do you know what you said? Well, I'm certain that I said what my belief is. Mm -hmm. And I have always believed that schools are the best place uh, for children to be. You know, I shared earlier in this conversation, safe, caring adults, where your child, your student is supervised at a ratio it's pretty small, you know, one caring right. adult to about 22. And I'm not certain where else that happens right. besides sometimes in our home, if you're home. Right. Okay. But at school, you know, there's predictable routines. There's all types of security things implemented into the school day. But most importantly for me, it's always just been peace of mind 
you know, that, you know, I'm, I want for my girls uh, to be at school today where they're surrounded by caring people who um, just are there to protect them and to serve them. So I think it's it's really good that most of our, our students are now journeying back into right. school yesterday, today, or next week, but mm-hmm. they are closely and rapidly approaching uh, being able to return to school and being around people and being connected. I love that. So mm-hmm. I want to thank you for bringing me some peace <laughs> in the back to school. Okay, this is a question we ask everybody. If a new parent, student, or child was sitting right in front of you, you can pick the age group. What would you tell them one thing about this topic? Well, I'm going to pick the students. Um, <laughs> and for pre-K and, and elementary, that would be picking the children as well, too. So let's just kind of wrap that around. Um, I would just want you to know that my thoughts and prayers um, are with you um, as you approach this new school year. My hope is that everyone will work hard, play hard, serve others, uh, be kind and thoughtful, and just give a lot of praise and and not criticism. Be the be the student, be the kid who does the right thing. You know, mm-hmm. see something, say something, um, serve others, um, love everyone um, in a way that brings honor and glory to God, and to have fun and to be happy. <laughs> that's my wish. That's my blessing. That's my hope. That's my love. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope that this podcast is one that can bring parents some peace, um, give them some practical things to do at the beginning of the school year to help start in a new and successful way. So thank, thank you. you. Well, no, thank you, Kim. You can find any information about our speaker today at our church's website, which is www.standrewumc.org. So make sure to visit our website where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes so that you will never miss another show. And while you are at it, if you found any value in this podcast, and please leave us a review on iTunes or simply just tell a friend about this podcast. We would also like to thank the creative team at St. Andrew for all of their work in helping us make this podcast and us sounding intelligent. We love getting your questions and feedback, so be sure to send us any questions that you have to lift at standrewumc.org. Peace.